When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? It's Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads. And with me, I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief. And together, this is our What's the Headline podcast. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Um, happy holiday to you and all of our listeners and those that celebrate. Did you do anything special? Yo, I uh, went to a co-worker spot. Um, first time I've been there. Uh, first time I met his family, friends. And I find that I've had a couple Thanksgivings like that, and those have been my favorites. We don't know what you're going to walk into. You meet new people. Everyone is super warm and welcoming. Just kind of remind you, like, of what, what it's all about, man. What, you know, that connection, especially with this holiday. So it was dope. How about you? That's cool. Did you, uh, you get the sense when you left that you made some new connections? 100%, man. Really, uh, his kid, like, uh, he has two kids. Uh, one is a 14-year-old son. And, uh, you know, he took over DJ and he was playing music for all the old folks. And for a second, I heard family ties. And I was like, yo, you cut the family ties? He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Like, I said, nah, man, you get this is a time where everybody's had drinks and everything. You just go with what you what you know, man. And so he played. Um, we we're listening to Baby Keem and talking about him and Kendrick. He loves Kendrick. He loves Lil Nas X, and I know you and I will talk about that, too. But it, it was great, man. We bonded. It was really, really dope. Um, man. Yeah, how about you? That's cool. Yeah, man, we a uh, little bit of jazz, little bit of uh, Philly soul, gamble and huff type thing because we we're in Philly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, just just the two of us and two hungry dogs that got plenty of leftovers. And uh, yeah, man, you know, what's funny. The TV never came on. It was just music all day. Good food, fellowship, um, went on several walks. The neighborhood was really empty. It was cool, man. It was it, uh, you know, filled the heart and soul. Well, yo, um, this weekend, if you do get some TV time, um, I, I wholeheartedly recommend Kevin Hart's True Story. Okay. He's got a new uh, Netflix show, number one on Netflix now, just came out on Wednesday, featuring him and Wesley Snipes. And he's it's a serious role for Kevin, but mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's uncomfortably close to, uh, you know, some incidents that happened with him back in the day where... Uh, something goes wrong in Vegas and some people try to blackmail him and from, oh, wow. it's not from there. And yeah, it's uncomfortable because of how familiar it feels, but it's a, it's a, you'll be at the edge of your seat the whole, the whole time. It's only three and a half hours. It's seven episodes, but, but it's dope. Really dope. Is it a one and done or, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, you know, or do you think there could be room for more seasons? No, it's built as a limited series. It is Got limited. you. Is, is part of it set in Philly? It is set. The whole thing is set in Philly. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, every like bus depot. Part, it starts in Vegas, but then most of it takes place in Philly. Yeah. That's why I asked. And, you know, Philly has been going hard with like the, the ads all over the city. So, yeah, man, that's the plan. I'm always laughed because I'm usually like two years late to a series, but I've been um I've been binging on Succession and I've been enjoying that one a lot on HBO. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm fully caught up. That show is dope. <laughs> It, yeah, you know, we we are definitely in the golden age of TV, man. I don't think it's ever been better, which is amazing. So, 
Yeah, you don't. I mean, sometimes you do, but you don't have to wait week to week. I mean, that whole concept of binging, especially like this time of year when it gets cold and you don't want to run around as much. I mean, that just is a is a pleasure that did not exist when you know ten years ago beyond. Like in right. my opinion, yeah, know. yeah. Before we get into uh, the music of the week, uh, how dope was it to have Joel Ortiz last week? Man, you know, I called you or you called me right after we got off the phone with Joel or got off of, um, you know, video chat. And that one felt um, so good. You know, like I've um, I've spoken to Joel a few times over the last 10, 10, 12 years. But I love it when an interview like is the best part of your day. And that's no reflection of having a bad day. That's just a reflection of how much I enjoyed that conversation and what a great place joel ortiz is with his music and with his life yeah and i just love the honesty man you know um i think the reason why you and i love the artists we do is that they're really coming from an authentic place you know you can tell in his music and you know just hearing him talk that what he says is real he's really giving you an inside look into his life you know and that's the case with sky zoo and evidence and kendrick and Cole and a lot, a lot of these guys, man. Nas, yeah. yeah Nas, so, so it was great. You know, you asked me after the Breakfast Champs, or excuse me, the Drink Champs with Kanye, did it make me look at Donda differently? And I think the hip-hop interview is, is often endangered. I mean, I think so. That's why so many artists at the top just flat out don't do press or might do one or two interviews. But what I've loved, and one of the reasons why I've loved speaking to artists and, and many of whom, you know, I consider to be, you know, inspirations and influences and, and is when an out, when an interview makes you appreciate the music more, you know, years before run the jewels, I loved watching killer Mike speak. Killer Mike could always make me go cop his album and buy it. And, and it was watch It was, it was great to watch the rest of the world catch up to that. I think that's true of David Banner. I think that's true of, you know, um, it's true. Of, it is true of Kanye, but, Joel, that conversation has made me, that's the most listened to album of the last week for me, the autograph, Joel's new one. And, you know, just that perspective and all the insight that he shared made me appreciate what he's working on artistically so much more. Word, word. And again, shout out to Mellow Music Group, you know, uh, for giving artists like that a platform. Uh, one of my f- albums of, of this week has been the Blacklight album by Apollo Brown and Stally. And Again, just like another really, really dope project, you know. Um, and so actually a good segue into this week because a lot of albums have been recognized. A lot of music was recognized. It was the announcement of the Grammy nominations for the 2022 Grammy Awards. And, you know, as usual, it was a mixed bag. I think that we got a lot of hope last year because you had credible projects like Royce's Allegory and, um, you know, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist and, Nas, you know, being recognized, um, but it's always been kind of like a love-hate thing with the Grammys. You know, it is by far the most esteemed uh, music award you can receive, but it's not been a, a, a great kind or legitimate category for rap, especially over the decades. So announcements came out and, uh, you know, the first thing I think you and I mentioned, uh, saw was that one of our biggest fears uh, because of the timing of this release um, was that it would be ignored and that happened. You want to you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about it a couple times in this podcast in anticipation and hope, but Busta Rhymes Extinction Level Event 2 
uh, I think it's called The Wrath of God, um, was snubbed. No awards, but certainly a huge omission in Best Rap Album of the Year. And, you know, that album was uh, a few weeks past the past, you know, being included for 2020. And you have contended, and, and I very largely agree that there has not been a better album within eligibility this year than that one. And to watch Busta get snubbed after, I mean, you can, with some artists, you can always make the case that they're not on the Grammys radar. But Busta Rhymes just tore down the VMAs in September. I mean, one of our best stories of the year was watching him after never winning a VMA, um, just lighting that stage up, you know, at the Barclays. And now to see the Grammys fronting on him um, really makes me upset, you know, and I haven't seen Busta address it, but I would imagine he and his team Empire, who were responsible for two of the nominations last year in the category, they have to be really, really upset um, and disappointed. Yeah, man, I just went and saw Dave Chappelle, the screening of his documentary, The Barclays, on Monday, and he had special guests, uh, a lot of musical guests. He had her come out. She did a set. She played drums. She played guitar. Uh, she wow. killed it. And then he had Rakim come out, and Rod just, like, you know, tore the house down. He had Fat Joe come out, and, like, Fat Joe, like, had everybody going crazy. But then he ended it with Busta. And when Busta Rhymes came out, it was a whole different energy in that place. It went from kind of sleepy with her to like full on raucous, like building, shaking kind of energy. That's what he brings to the table. And that's what he brought to the album, you know, from it just, it just built the momentum and, you know, his changing of flows and how cohesive the sound was and, you know, bringing in Rakim and having Pete Rock on the track and, it was just, to me, a masterful album, a display of all of his talents coming together, um, unlike any other project that he's had before. And that's not disparaging those projects at all. It's just a testament to the greatness of this one. So I can understand if it didn't win, but for it not to receive a single nomination, to me, says that um, someone's out of touch. And part of it might be the fact that it was an independent release. And, you know, I do know that even though the politics are clearing up a little bit within the Grammys, it's still, you know, it's still a process and you still need that machine behind you. So I think that could have been part of what, you know, was the, the problem with Busta, but also the timing. A lot of times this happens, which is why we talked about it in December of last year. When you come in right past that window, yeah, it's out of sight, out of mind, man, unless you can, um, unless you can keep the projects, you know, in, you know, right in front of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, I often think that so many year end lists in the media are so bottom heavy, you know, people forget what comes out in January and February. And on one hand, those are great months for an artist to drop because there's not a lot else out there. And I find that it's cold and people are really, you know, they're not competing with other life events. But at the same time, memories are short. And yeah, I think I have another theory, too, that with 2020s nominations, you know, Nas got his first Grammy for King's Disease. Um, but you also in that same category had Royce the Five Nine with Allegory get his first nomination. You had Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist sharing the album um, Alfredo get their first nominations, respectively. Jay Electronica with his album, um, which isn't credited to Jay Z, but we know that Jay had a heavy presence in that. And then you had um, you had D Smoke as well. So last year felt like a, a, a changing of the stakes where independent hip hop might get its recognition. Up until that point, short of rock nation artists like 
Jay-Z and Rhapsody, um, you hadn't seen indies really recognized. You saw De La Soul get a look in um, 2017 for their Anonymous Nobody album, which was a great look. We did a story on it for AFH. They did not win. But for years and years, major labels have controlled the Grammys in the rap category. And we started to see that change. Um, and like I said, Busta, same label, same movement as D Smoke and as Gibbs and Alchemist. So I thought, man, they're surely going to see this. They're surely going to hear this. But I have another thought, you know, with 2020's nominations, I don't think they knew if the Grammys would be in person. I thought that they, it might be anticipating a virtual year um, and the kind of event where, okay, let's give some of the underdogs their flowers. Um, but now that we're back to life as we know it, quote unquote, here we are going right back to the people that look good and feel good on television. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, you know, there's definitely that set of politics involved. And, um, you know, we're going to get into that in a, in a minute with the expansion of the categories where, you know, they definitely nominate people that they think will bring, you know, a large set of eyeballs to the telecast and also with the hope that they'll perform. You know, it's, 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 even if it's not a direct quid pro quo, it's definitely kind of a wink and a nod kind of approach, you know, of, of getting people out to these award shows. So, yeah, that, that def, that's a great, great observation. I think, think that could be part of it, too. And Busta's not, the, Busta's not the only snub to me. He's by far the biggest. And, I mean, would you say that this is the biggest snub um, since J. Cole with KOD was uh, not nominated? Yeah, you know, uh, that 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 is definitely what came to mind because that's the last time I can remember having an album that I truly thought was the best of the year or the best of the period, you know, involved, not even getting a single bit of recognition. But that, that calls into question the whole theory about independence versus majors, because Cole, as we know, you know, has got that, that backing, um, you know, has got team behind him in a major way. You know, sometimes it, Sometimes it slips through the cracks for the labels too, though. I think that's what happened with the weekend last year is that his label just either didn't submit him at all, you know, forgot to, or they didn't campaign. And so even if you are on the big label, sometimes if they're not, you know, working for you, it, it's the same result. So I think that might've been the case for KOD, but that, that was inexplicable. It was one of the biggest albums of the year. You know, I think it might've been commercially the biggest album of the year. Yeah. It was critically uh, acclaimed. It had controversy because of the subject matter that touched in like Stoke and Generational Wars and, you know, really being connected to what was going on in terms of like drug abuse with Mac Miller's death and Lil Peep. Like just it couldn't have been more relevant. So, you know, uh, I think that that is akin to this dismiss. Yeah, I mean, I was I was giantly upset when Rhapsody's Eve was overlooked. I think we were collectively and AFH was giantly upset when Freddie Gibbs and Madlib's Bandana was completely missed, especially since that one came out through RCA Records. But both of those are kind of interesting because, you know, Rhapsody had been nominated for Layla's Wisdom. So she was clearly on the radar before. And I guess it feels different when an artist... Um, you know, gets the recognition for one thing and not the other. We can argue that through the history of time. You know, Gibbs um, gets it with, uh, you know, Alfredo, which I contend is not as good of an album as Bandana. That could be apples to oranges. Um, you know, certainly respect to Alchemist, um, you know, one of my favorite producers. But comparatively, I thought Bandana was the better album. Royce gets ignored for Book of Ryan, but gets the nomination for Allegory, which feels good. You know, whether you're rooting for him or not, 
to win, it feels good to watch an independent artist like Royce, who's been around forever, get the look. Um, this year, with that in mind, I thought, you know, other snubs, not to the magnitude of Busta. There's two big ones. And one is Benny the Butcher for Burden of Proof. And like Busta, that album came out just beyond eligibility in 2020, I believe in October. I think it is the most Grammy-savvy record by Benny. I, I would put it in Benny's top three albums. It might not be his best. I might go Tana Talk 3 with that one or Plugs I Met 1. But this album, especially when you look at Hit Boy already winning last year with Nas, it's what the Grammys want. They gave Pusha T a nod previously um, and completely overlooked. And, you know, Griselda has spent some time, the three of them, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, and Benny, have all spoken about, this is a target of theirs. They want Grammy recognition. They want to crack the mainstream. And you and I have spent a lot of time this year speaking on this podcast and on the site about how Griselda continues to, to level up. Their stock continues to rise. You know, uh, two of the three guys are on Kanye's album. The Grammys missed a boat, especially as they're looking for legitimacy in rap. And they really yeah. missed it with Benny. And yeah, this one, that, that, one, that one's a, a head scratcher for me because it's such an easy win, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you get the benefit of them being technically independent artists, but these guys have been attached to Eminem. They're attached to Jay-Z. Benny has Lil Wayne and Big Sean, like, you know, major artists on this album. Rick Ross. Yeah. Yeah. You've made the point that this sounded like a major label album. You know, and he just got signed to Def Jam. Now, granted, that was probably after uh, yeah. the, the nomination period. But still, you know, the rumblings around Benny are huge. And so it would have been really easy to establish their cred to nominate Benny, you know. So, yeah, that, that's a big miss. That's a really big miss. Uh, I think even bigger than Gun because... To me, you know, you know, West Side Gun keeps it the same speed in terms of like really just like on that underground, like, you know, bubbling kind of level. He, he like loves and stays in that lane. But Benny, you can see, is moving toward that major label status. And so this would have been a great time to hook in and say, OK, cool. We were there in the beginning, you know, quote, unquote. Um, yeah. And, and supported this and recognized th th this uh, this this artistic merit. So. Which they've done. I mean, the Grammys can tap themselves on the shoulder for giving Kanye West a lot of a lot of love early in his career, which we'll talk about. Lupe Fiasco, the same way. Um, they missed the bow with that. And then what I'm personally angry with is evidence, you know, with the Unlearning album. You mentioned the the labels not submitting and, and some of that. In my opinion, you know, the Grammys have artists out here selling tickets to get on stage for their own show. Evidence and Rhyme Sayers were two of the entities I saw publicly submitting that album for Grammy consideration. I have said, you know, in terms of 2021, that remains my opinion of best album. Um, and Evidence, well, we, we sometimes have this myth that the underground is ignored. I don't consider Evidence underground artists. And I don't consider Rhyme Sayers Entertainment an underground label. Two times since tw 2008, Atmosphere has cracked the top 10 of the pop charts, not the rap charts, the pop charts. That's something that Griselda has not done. Um, you know, Evidence has won a Grammy previously by virtue of his work on Kanye West College Dropout. Um, these are people and, and dilated peoples, you know, made noise for 15 years, um, had hits on the radio, licensed to video games and film. These are not strangers to the Recording Academy. And we make all of this talk about how we're going to make hip hop better. 
um, you know, in terms of its recognition and, and representation, they really missed the boat with that one. Because I think, again, that's an album where you can truly um, show that you're tuned into the culture, even with its recognition, even if it doesn't win. And I was really disappointed to see that not get included as well. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, you know, that is definitely one of my top three albums of the year. I don't even know if, if the eligibility period is, if we're just talking about eligibility period, I still think I put Buster first. Mm-hmm. And after that, like J. Cole and Evidence are neck and neck for me for being uh, the best albums, uh, you know, after that. And, but to your point, it's a really interesting thing. What does underground mean now? It used to mean, you know, didn't have radio play um, and didn't have the same kind of commercial success as, as things. But now in the streaming time, streaming era, there's such a huge divergence between uh, what's happening on Spotify and the streaming services versus what's happening on radio. It's a disconnect. And it's one that we know is is uh, is created by, you know, record labels spending a ton of money to keep certain things in the spotlight and, and not other things. But, you know, uh, and yes, there's manipulation of streaming services to some degree too, but for the most part, it's much more democratic. And you see these artists having success on streaming services that put them in a tier that's way beyond underground. So I agree, I agree. There, there are some missteps. You know, the other thing that I think was out of touch is the placement of certain artists. You know, um, there are artists like Doja Cat is in the best melodic rap category, which that was, I, I couldn't believe that. Like uh, Doja Cat, I, I, you know, I don't know how, it, I would describe it her as almost like pop music. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I wouldn't call it hip hop at all. Certainly not melodic rap. Another one that you, you thought was miscategorized was Lil, Lil Nas X. That one I'll push I'll uh, I'll uh, push back on. I think that Lil Nas X's album has lots of different genres on it, but there are definitely some rap songs on his album, and he definitely has some rap in his music. You know, Industry Baby I think is a rap song uh, with, with uh, Jack Harlow. You know, um, yeah, I feel you on that, and I think you know I listened to some Toja Cat this morning. Um, I met her oddly enough at the Rhyme Sayer Sound Set in 2019, and. Um, I watched her her live show and it was really remarkable. And, and, and that woman deserves props. Um, I agree with you. There is a little bit of rap, I would say as much as Little Nas X. But again, these aren't albums that, you know, I've listened to Little Nas X a few times, Montero, but I haven't I haven't done a deep dive into Doja's album. Um, but I know she can break into flows. But yeah, I mean, those are those are categories. And again, it raises the question that Tyler, the creator, made in 2020 of, you know, I didn't even make a rap album. This year he did, in my opinion. But the year that he won that award and he was like, this is this is kind of racist. Like, this is this is not a, you're just doing this because of how I look and how you perceive me. Yeah. And again, I, I think that's happening a little bit with Doja and Little Nas X too. And, and also the reverse, right? The exclusion of rap artists from pop categories when right. pop literally means popular. And if you're talking about popular music, there is no more popular genre than rap music. So it's right. ridiculous not to have that category populated with two, three, you know, artists uh, from from hip hop. That that part is crazy for me. Now, so those are the negatives, right? And it's always been a love hate relationship with the Grammys. You know, on the one hand, uh, you know, Flav said, "Who gives a fuck about a goddamn Grammy?" You know, back in the day. But on the other hand. 
you know, it is the, the highest achievement you can have in music. And so people do care. But, you know, so on the, on the positive side, um, we talked about KOD and J. Cole being snubbed, uh, you know, terribly in 2018, I believe it was. And so now um, he comes in with five nominations. I believe it was five. Uh, so like really, really strong. And, you know, we talked about Nas's King disease when as possibly a make good for his career. I don't see that as the case with J Cole with this. I think that Cole put out one of the best albums of the year and it's being recognized uh, as it should be. But, but what, what were your thoughts on that? I agree with you. I think you just said it all right there. I don't see this as a makeup. I, I'm sure the Grammys are aware um, at least those at the top that they have snubbed an artist that I, I looked yesterday and J. Cole's numbers are staggering. I mean, you know, he has broken the Spotify record before, which I know is a record that keeps being broken. And he did so with KOD. Um, but, you know, I know, and, and, and Cole talked about it. You know, you and I spent a podcast recently where you compared him to the Tim Duncan of, of rap, you know, of what Tim was the NBA. And Cole doesn't, you know, he's not controversial, um, not at least in the way the Grammys would like him to be, uh, you know, and it doesn't help their agenda to give a guy like that his props, but I think they realize that they've truly fucked up and the off season. Absolutely. You know, of these albums that, and, and we'll talk about it, that album deserves to win, not just on an album level too. And one of the things I'll give the Grammys props for is they looked at some of the singles within, and I feel as though they placed those in the correct categories. Word, word. All right. So let, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about the, the, the specific nominations and mm-hmm. um, and I, I'd like to talk about what we think is going to be the, what we think should be the winner of them. And maybe even if we think there are things that should have been included, we can include those, but actually let's save that because we're going to have our year end list coming up soon. So I like that. I think, I think we'll do that there, but of those let's, let's see what our pick is and then what we think the winner will be. Cool. Actually. Yeah. All right. So, so best rap performance, um, the nominees for that were Baby King with Kendrick Lamar, Family Ties, which we were talking about. You know, um, that's a song that has continued to grow on me. And, you know, although Kendrick's verse got all the attention, King's verse just continues to like just be like this what gets me super amped. Uh, Cardi B's Up, which was ubiquitous, like, you know, completely inescapable. And it, it, it's like an earworm. Can't once you hear it, it just won't won't leave your head. J. Cole featuring 21 Savage and Moray, My Life, um, a staple on the AFH playlist, probably my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Drake uh, featuring Future and Young Thug, Way Too Sexy. Megan the Stallion, Thought Shit. So, um, first of all, what do you think about the list? Uh, um, is it representative, you think, of the current uh, soundscape, landscape for, for, for rap music? Yeah, I mean, this one's interesting. For best rap performance, it, it's representative at the top. How about that? I, um, you know, again, this is one, there's not a sleeper on here. Maybe J. Cole is, you know, just in terms of that's not a song that I've heard a lot on radio. But admittedly, this year, I haven't been too tuned into terrestrial radio. Um, apart from DMX, to your point, the biggest song, the song that I've most heard coming out of cars at red lights and, and stuff driving by and heard in different places is Family Ties. I mean, that is a massive record. Funny enough, the Cardi joint, and, and you're in New York and I'm not, 
I haven't heard that everywhere. I mean, I know when Cardi drops a single, it's a big deal, but that um, wasn't, wasn't to the standard of other Cardi records. And I listened after the nominations and I had heard it before, but I didn't realize how that had penetrated culture as much as maybe you had. Oh man, that's on New York radio all the time. Like literally I probably hear that song almost every day, you know? Um, yeah. 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 I'm surprised. I'm surprised Kanye's not on this. Uh, okay. Because that album did get a lot of recognition. If you talk about top rap artists or hip hop artists, um, he definitely, you know, penetrated this year in a major way. So I'm surprised, you know, um, you know, I could have seen him in there over like Megan the Stallion. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't even get what what they mean by rap performance. If, if they literally yeah. mean delivery of it of the rap, then you know, it's it's kind of a, a strange category. But I would the say one thing that, that I oh go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I would say that uh I, I can't think of a verse that had more impact this year than Kendrick's verse. Yeah. You know, I um the one thing that I think may have been omitted wrongfully is Tyler, the creator with Lumberjack. I mean, again, and if you want to interpret performance, his BET Awards performance was one of my favorite this year. And that that is my song on that album on Tyler's. Um, and I, I think that deserved to be here, but um, maybe more than maybe more than Meg, in my opinion. I don't like the Drake song. I don't think you do either. I know mm-hmm. that it 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 and I I'll say it. I said it then I'll say it again. To me, that song is very much for the Good morning, America crowd. Like that's that's a joint that my mom will hear when they cut the wow. commercial. Oh, you just said the soccer mom crowd. That's crazy. Like, yeah, no, my mom isn't a soccer mom. No, well, I mean, you said even older than soccer moms. You're saying like yeah. it's don't. It's a. I mean, it's like a mixture of that and like you know, eleven year olds on TikTok. Like, it's not. Shout out to Certified Love Boy. That is that is one of the weakest songs on the album. And I know they released it as a video when the album dropped. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that was a disappointment. And and Meg has 10 songs better than Thought Shit, in my opinion. But I think the Grammys are really trying to position themselves in the business of Meg. And they're probably a year or two late on it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought. But I know I'm ranting. What do you... This is, well, this is a power of programming, right? The reason why record companies spend as much money on radio as they do is that the more you hear a song the more you start to like it. It's like you're beaten into submission. And so while I don't love the song, I like it much better than I used to. Uh, and I hear my, uh, you know, I can hear it in my head and like, I feel myself singing along to it when it comes on radio now. And it's just, it's been just programmed into me. Uh, you know, you talking about Meg? No, I'm talking about um, uh, Way Too Sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's real interesting. And I'm not a soccer mom. Don't, don't go. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> Nor is my mom. Shout yeah, out to my yeah. mom. I think yeah, I'm not Good Morning America mom either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're a Gail King mom. <laughs> um, I, see I see you. No, All right. so I think you and I disagree a lot, but I think we're probably going to agree on this one. What is what is the AFH pick, or more specifically, the Reggie pick for this category? Well, I think we're going to disagree on it because my guess is you're going to say my life, given that that is one of my favorite Cole songs in years. Like, I love that song. But for this one, I'm going to go with um, uh, Baby Keem and and, uh, and Kendrick. I, I think um, I think Family Ties is it's such a unique record and uh, that Kendrick verse is insane. But Keem's verse 
is great. The beat is great. The video is great. Like everything about this record is, is stand out to me. Uh, but what about you? And, and the other thing is, though, the other thing is, as much as I love the Cole and 21 Savage record, it's also kind of a sequel, you know, to uh, a lot, you know, that they, they did their thing. And this to me sounds like an updated version of that. Uh, it's different, but uh, not breaking new ground. Whereas the Keem record just broke all sorts of new, new ground for me. Yeah, and a lot gave J. Cole his first Grammy, which was which was strange. And I agree. That's a that's a good point. No, actually, we do agree. I would be perfectly happy if J. Cole were to win. That again is one of the best songs of the year. But I think in this category, again, in, in my interpretation of rap performance, Keem and Kendrick for family, uh, family ties deserve it. Um, and I'm gonna take it one step further. I believe that will be the winner. Ah oh, man, I hope it's the winner. I really do. I could see the winner being Cardi B or Drake, though. Um, uh, you know, uh, Kendrick is a Grammy darling. So um, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Yeah, man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. If I had to, like, make a bet, I would say, yeah, I'm going to go with Baby Kim and Kendrick. Yeah, I have this I thing where right before it's announced, I, I say what it is, and like uh, I just try to put myself in that moment. So yeah, I'm gonna go with, with Baby Kim and Kendrick. Sometimes I do that with football. I'll be like, "Yo, they're gonna run back this punt," and it's happened a few times. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't a few times too. Yeah. I don't. I bet you. I bet you, Kendrick doesn't even show up. I and I think that's calculated. I think I think that song is so dope. But I think that Kendrick and Dave they want to create a moment for Keem and they want to create a moment for PG Lang and their artists. Um, and, and yeah, I think uh, we're on the same page with that. So yeah. Next category is best melodic rap performance. So J Cole gets the nomination for another song. This one is the little baby assisted pride is the devil. Doja cat getting that for need to know little Nas X and Jack Harlow for industry baby. Tyler, the creator with young boy, NBA, Ty Dolla Sign for What's Your Name? Kanye, The Weeknd, and Little Baby yet again for Hurricane. What is the AFH pick for you? Uh, man, this one's easy for me. Um, it, it, the AFH pick, what's right for our brand is, you know, J. Cole and Little Baby, Prize the Devil. I think that song, that song is another one that's grown on me. When I first heard the album, was one of my favorites. I thought that's when the album started to dip in energy. I think we talked about that when we broke down the album. But um, of these picks, that's the one. You know, I think a sleeper for me is Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow, Industry Baby, because yeah. you know, Jack Harlow spits on that, do raps. The video's great. Um, and I think uh, Lil Nas X's hook is good, too. It's very catchy. It stays in your head. But um, but I think, yeah, the AFH pick is Prize the Devil. How about you? You, I really like what you said about that song because it wasn't one of my favorites on the album. Um, it's really stood out since. You had commissioned, uh, you know, not commissioned, but you had kind of strategized the post years ago that I think in 2020 when J. Cole won his first Grammy that he used Drake's playbook, you know, his formula. And I look now at the offseason and that song completely belongs in this category. And it's everything, you know, J. Cole is the melodic one in the record. Um, and it's it, the song's got a lot of mental nutrition in it. Little Baby is an artist that I'm still figuring out. A lot of people that, you know, I look up to and trust 
always say like, yo, he's one of the, one of the guys, one of the new guys that you really have to listen to. And I know he's not that new at this point. Um, you know, I don't love baby on that song, but I think that that is what I believe deserves to win. In my opinion, what will win, this is Doja Cat's category. That record um, was massive. And I think they're going to try to find a way to give um, her her props. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she is also up for Best New Artist. Um, but that's a really stacked category. I see her I see her taking this. It could be, it could be um, you know, Little Nas X and Jack Harlow. And, and shout out to you. You've made me really appreciate Jack. Um, I still think the best song I've ever heard him do is on Static Selector's album, The Joint yeah. Time. Yeah. But um, that's a very good collaboration between him and Nas X. Yeah, Time and Tyler Hero are both just joints. Yeah, and, and he killed uh, Eminem's uh, Killer remix, too. Um, Word. Uh, Word uh, dude, dude, really, he's got talent. Um, you know, I, I can't even think of the Doja Cat record. How's it? How's it go? I can't. How's it go? Uh, you're not gonna get me to do that. <laughs> I tried, man. Damn. <laughs> oh man, I tried. Okay, well, um, yeah, man. I, I I actually think this one's gonna go either to Lil Nas X or to Kanye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to pick, I, I would I would say Lil Nas X. I think it's gonna go to him. And are we in agreement? I mean, Kanye loves the light you know he's gonna show up right yeah yeah he'll show up because i think he wants that album of the year win you know uh yeah, yeah this this uh Lil nas x the video i think it's got well over 300 million views it might have close to a billion it's gigantic so yeah that kind of impact that's the kind of thing that i think sways grammy voters you know it's just um mere presence so so the next category oh yeah best rap song um this one's, I think, um, really interesting. The 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 diversity is weird, um, but um, some some cool choices. So you got DMX with Nas and Jay Z, Bath Salts. Uh, what I think is probably the strongest record on the album. Uh, I'm actually surprised that X didn't get more recognition here. Um, uh, Sweetie with Doja Cat, Best Friends. Family Ties, once again, with Kim and Kendrick. Um, you got Kanye featuring Jay with Jail. Um, the more I listen to it, maybe my favorite song on that album, too. I think it's just incredible. And I have more appreciation for Jay's verse every time I listen to it, too. Agreed. And then My Life Again with Cole featuring Moray and 21 Savage. This is a really interesting category for me. You know, I think aside from the Sweetie and, and Doja Cat record, I like all these picks. Um, for me, I would say that, well, it's interesting, you know, for our, our audience and for the brand, I think it goes to, I think it goes to Bath Salts. I think that is the most AFH, um, aligned song in this category, but I could also see it going to Family Ties for AFH or My Life. You know, there's some, there's some real bangers here, but I think um, Bass Salts would be the AFH pick. But what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a category that I'm, I'm really happy with any outcome. I mean, you know, shout out to Doja and Su- Sweetie. I, um, I understand why that song is there. It's not our audience by any measure. You know, I would like to see it go to DMX on this one. X never won a Grammy. He was nominated three times. 
Um, but one of those artists like Snoop, like Ice Cube, like Nas up until earlier this year that just never got the recognition they deserve. Um, and I think this song, this song wins it and, um, or should win it. I could see, I, I do think that's where it'll go. Um, because the Grammys want to correct that history. If not, I have a feeling it, to your point, it either goes to family ties or I'm going to say jail, um, on this one, which I totally agree with what you said has become probably my favorite song on Donda. Um, and I really, I like, I like the chemistry between Ye and Jay on that song. And it's a different type of chemistry as much as anything short of Otis. Um, they just really, you know, it, it does feel like a homecoming record to, you know, take a page from Jay's verse on that. Um, but yeah, and I don't, I really don't see best friends winning. So I think this is one of those feel good categories regardless, because I'd be perfectly happy if J. Cole were to get it as well. Yeah, I think that I think the Grammy is going to go to Keem again and Kendrick. I think that, um, you know, it's long enough after DMX's death that the sentimentality and nostalgia associated with it is going to wane a little bit. And people are just going to fall back to whatever record they think has the most impact and, you know, feels the coolest for them. And I think it's going to be family ties. That's my, my question. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of it to me depends on rap performance. And I know we've seen that where the same song written song of the year and record of the year. And we're like, why are there these two categories? Um, I see family ties winning either this or rap performance. I don't see it win both. If bath salts were to win, do you see members of X's family? Do you see Swizz Beats or do you see Nas and Jay going up there together? I see uh, Y and D and Swiss going up there. And it's, I think it's going to be a gigantic, you know, like 15 person acceptance, you know, I think. like Biggie winning the source award. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Swizz will speak and I think Y and D and, and that'll be it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would like it. And that song, I mean, you and I spent a whole podcast, a large chunk of it talking about it, but it's, you know, the world first heard it in 2017 it's got a great history to it. It, I, it's if it if it's not my favorite on Exodus, it's only after the Griselda joint, Hood Blues. Uh, but it's it's a moment, and I, I'm in some ways, and that's a perfect setup to the next category. In some ways, I'm re relieved that Exodus wasn't um, put for best rap album. I mean, shout out to DMX, shout out to Swizz, shout out to all those involved. I think that album had a nice moment in the spring um, following the, you know, unfortunate passing of DMX. I don't think that album deserved to be considered, you know, considered as best rap album, in my opinion. And those may seem like bold words. I think there's times in the past where X 100% deserved um, recognition um, that he didn't get. But, you know, this time. You're about to catch a beating in the comments. <laughs> right you think so? no, yeah, man. you get one whooping a week, and I think it's gonna be over this one this time. Man, I got I got one the other day for asking Az a question, and I asked him if he felt as though he was an influence to Eminem, and a guy came in there and <laughs> called me devilish and all that. Man, oh man, I, uh, never a dull moment anymore. But um. Best rap album, and, and this is the category. Wait, wait, what was the criticism? Like, I, I don't. What was the criticism? The criticism was that is is if I was trying to make it about a white man. When if you watch the interview and you were there, I'm asking Az, who I've you know known for for a number of years and, and supported in many ways, 
I'm asking him if he ever had a chance to have Eminem tell him what an influence he was to Eminem, especially for those that listen to M's first album. Oh, Infinite. Right. They, the person thought yeah. you were asking if, if man, thought, Eminem was an influence to AZ. There's yeah, a, thought I was being yeah. mad devilish, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Okay. Um, um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, okay. I disagree. I do think let, let, we'll go through the, the, the nominees first, but but I think that I, I I'm going to tell you I think that X belongs on this list. Mm, okay. Um, so the nominees, and this is again, this is another category that I look for first. You know, when these are announced every year, J Cool the off season, Nas's King Disease two, and and you know, shout out to Hit Boy and producing it all. Drake's Certified Lover Boy, Kanye West Donda, Tyler the Creators, Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, that's the big five. Yeah, so for me, uh, this could have gone, ex, uh, Exodus could have gone in there for Tyler or Drake. You know, I, I understand, I think, the politics of why, because both are, you know, bigger draws they want than the performance, stuff like that. But in terms of quality of the album, you know, uh, it's not by any means a perfect album, but I think there are five or six really strong joints on it. And in the, this day and time, that's a that's a very strong album. You know, uh, it wasn't overly long, had great guests. The the production was dope. Uh, you know, it was diversity. You know, the, the joint with like Snoop is completely different than Bass Salts. It's completely yeah. different than uh, and the last song, you know, where he's talking to his son is one of the most powerful DMX records ever. So I think there's a lot of merit to this album that could have earned it a spot on this list over some of those albums, which are, I kind of, I kind of think uh, throwaway albums. I don't think people are going to be talking about certified lover boy in three or four years. I don't think they're going to be talking about the Tyler album in three or four years either. Uh, so I think, I think there's a powerful argument for X's to be on this, on this list. And make no mistake. I mean, I know we're joking with each other. I a hundred percent, agree with what you just said especially about drake and i think exodus is as if not far more deserving not far more deserving to be there than certified lover boy but i think between those two i'm disappointed that it's not busta not benny and not evidence those yeah, I belong there i agree with and, that. I and agree and with and that. you know it's, I, the, the tyler album is funny to me because i listened to it and i like it it was, in a lot of ways, Tyler coming back to rap. It's framed as a gangster grills. Um, I, think, I think your point's a good one. There's four or five really good, near great songs on there. And that is enough sometimes um, in this day and age to get that look, provided you make enough noise around it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this category is, uh, is a funny one to me. To me, the real, the real competitors are J. Cole and Kanye. Um, and... To me, J. Cole deserves to win it definitively, definitively um, of these of these nominees. I think that it could likely go to Kanye. I would love to see it go to J. Cole, to your point at the top of give this man his props. And, and unlike, I think no matter how much you like Nas, you can agree that King's Disease 1 is not his greatest album of all time. It's up there. And you and I dedicated a whole podcast to that. But J. Cole's offseason is among his best works. And this is not a retroactive Grammy. Um, this is one competing entirely on its own merits. You agree? I agree. I, th I think this is the best. Uh, Cole's album is the best album in the category uh, for sure. Um, and it would have been a strong contender with Busta. 
and evidence and, and any other projects. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, in terms of who I think I'll win, will win, man, it's a tough one. It's a, you know, and also I'll say Nas King Disease too. I agree with you on that too. That this this is a stronger album than King's Disease. You know, um, in any other year, uh, this would probably be my number two album on this uh, in this category. I don't know. It's a really great album, but I think the Grammy yeah. is going to go to uh, Donda. I think it's Donda's year. I think Kanye has kept himself in the public eye masterfully. Anyone, you know, no one, no one alive who listens to music is unaware that Donda is out, you know, given yeah. all the things he did about it, did for it. So I think that's going to pay off for Kanye. And I think uh, he's, he's going to get the, the Grammy. And he's also won, you know, a, a ton of like best rock album Grammys. You know, he's won like three, right? Three, yeah, three already. So. Yeah, it seems like his category, you know, to your point, and I agree with you on Nas. I, I think that after I said definitively cool, Nas, Nas is my number two as a rap pick. Um, I can't see that happening. I mean, it just would be crazy given the way the Grammys seem to ping pong around to give it to him back to back years for album sequels. I am disappointed that nobody, the Nas and Lauren Hill collaboration wasn't in best rap songs. Um, you know, I'm sure the Grammys are good and afraid of Lauren Hill, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and, and her, you know, thoughts and opinions, especially as it pertains to that verse. But um, to me, that was a snub. And it was great to see Bath Salts on one hand because it's not shopped as a single, nor was nobody. But those were great records. Um, yeah. And, and I have to imagine the Grammys are so distraught that here you have Drake and Kanye West making peace um, in the name of of liberating freeing Larry Hoover and Jay Prince around them. And they don't get that soap opera moment of these two guys with all of these years of turmoil and, and rivalry and, and beef sitting competing for the same award. They lost that. And, you know, as we kind of oh, take shots. I, at I don't know that I agree with that. Give it time, man. You know, the Larry Hoover thing's happening. What December 7th, yeah, uh, yeah. you got another almost two months. You got more than two months between that and the Grammys and Drake and Kanye have shown that their, their, their piece is on again, off again. Uh, it could easily be off again by the time February rolls around. It could, but I don't think so. And I, I laugh because I think that sometimes they, they want, you know, to create these moments. And we're going to talk about in the album of the year category, another moment that I think they're trying to create, but um. Yeah, I would love to see Jay Cole get his props for this one. And, and one of the things, too, is, is winning a Grammy, even for an artist like Jay Cole, can push you up another level. And, you know, artists that have won them and artists that have been nominated and missed them say that. It can create better sponsorship, better licensing, better touring. It puts you in different rooms. And no matter what you feel about the trophy itself, um, you know, J. Cole's been doing it. He's really been doing it since 2014 Forest Hills Drive um, on a really high level. And some could say since Born Center and some could say since his mixtapes. But I want him certified as one of rap superstars, one of hip hop superstars, especially in a year where we've watched J. Cole question his own place compared to the Kendricks and the Drakes. I agree. Uh, he deserves it. But I think it's highly, highly unlikely that he gets it. I think I think he's probably gonna end up with the least amount of votes in the category, uh, maybe mm. maybe second to Tyler. But you know, I think Kanye's popularity, Drake's popularity, uh, Nas's you know status, 
all kind of give them the edge with the Grammy voters. And I'm not sure that people are really, really listening to the projects like that. You know, I think if they did, Cole's work speaks for itself, but I just don't have that faith, you know? Yeah. I mean, you and neither you nor I vote for the Grammys. I've met people in my life that do, and they are not the people that listen to, you know, a hundred plus albums a year. They're the people often that I look at trying to get into their own bigger rooms and, uh, and that's not true of everyone by any measure, but I'm always disappointed. And I was last year with Royce, who I was pulling for. And I'm like, did you really hear the album? You know, um, anyway, but, uh, you know, this year there is representation at the top for album of the year. You want to talk about that? Yeah. You know, so Kanye um, was nominated for album of the year for Donda. And it, it's really interesting how it unfolded. Uh, first of all, it was a last minute ad. You'd already written the piece. And then I think it came out, you know, like an hour or so after the initial nominations that they were expanding the category. They're expanding the big four. So that's album of the year, I think best song, best new artist and record of the year. Um, and they're going from eight nominees to 10. Now this is an expansion from five from just a few years ago. And it follows other award uh, shows like the Oscars, Oscars. On this, you know, too. And, you know, the, 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 what the Grammys said about it is that, and this is a quote, it was to make room for more music, more artists and more genres and to embrace the spirit of inclusion. Now, for me, I think that it's, it's strategic and a little bit cynical in that, they're trying to get more blockbuster artists and want to draw them to the show because, you know, it, it, it definitely helps the ratings to have to, you know, have the shots of people in the audience, having them do like uh, acceptance speeches if they do win. But, um, you know, it also is a good way to get people to perform. If they think there's a possibility of them winning, then they'll perform. And so that also ups the ante for the show too. It's, you know, and, it gets the audience to tune in because they're seeing their favorite artists being nominated and they think they have a chance to see them win and perform and all that other stuff. I don't think it increases the likelihood that they're actually going to win because what we just said, like, you know, it's still the same body of people voting and they have, you know, often narrow uh, taste, narrow exposure and vote and, and go with what they know and often who looks like them. And so um, I don't think that it's going to, and, and another thing is, so the two artists who came in and they, they say that this is the number nine and number 10 most voted amongst the, the nominees was Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Now, we all know the history those two have had over the last 13 years or so, you know, Kanye going up and taking her VMA from her and telling the audience that Beyonce, I was in the building, by the way, that night. Wow. And I got to okay. tell you that when it happened, there were chuckles in the room and stuff like that, smattering of, of, you know, like gas, but nothing like crazy. And it wasn't until Kanye went on for another award and he was booed loudly that you really understood the impact. But it, it had gone crazy, like on social media and stuff like that. And you could see it just unfolding real time. It was crazy. And, and who knew the, the impact it was going to have on his career for the next four or five years like really it became crushing for him um it was almost like um cancel being canceled before cancel cancel culture yeah. um but you know and then you know uh you know they kind of made amends but then 
Kanye put her naked body, uh, you know, in the, the famous video um, and had the had the um, the line about her uh, making her famous and stuff. Yeah. And then they had the back and forth with Beyonce. You know, it, it, I mean, uh, with Kim, it was a lot. So you can't tell me that it, it seems very like a very strange fortunate coincidence for them that it would be Kanye and, and Taylor Swift that would be the last two added. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, I guess coincidences happen for sure, but that one is, is very, very suspect for me. But so the two of them are in for their albums, um, you know, Donda um, and I think uh, Taylor Swift is Evermore. And then the other nominees are Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga for uh, Love for Sale John Batiste, uh, who I hadn't heard of, but uh, I guess is um, the musical director for Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Um, his album is We Are, Justin Bieber's Justice, um, Doja Cat, Planet Her, Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever, Her, Back of My Mind, Lil Nas X, Montero, and Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. So uh, those are the nominees, um, you know, uh, out of those, like, it's, I think that, you know, so the typical Grammy win would go to Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. So Tony Bennett is, um, Tony Bennett is, I don't know if you know, but is suffering from dementia and really has no more um, short-term memory. Um, he, he, he doesn't remember anything that happens during the day, but he has a, a perfect recall for music. So he just had his last tour. It was with Gaga. And you can easily see that that is going to be, you know, that could be the like sentimental favorite that happens in the Grammys, right? Um, you know, aside from that, Billie Eilish is a go-to also for the Grammys, but her album, you know, especially compared to past um, past uh, performances has definitely fizzled. You know, it wasn't yeah. the success that she's had in the past. Um you know, if it, uh, I, I think personally that um, the two strongest contenders are Lil Nas X and, and, and Donda, and I would probably give it to Lil Nas X. I, I think, I, you know, you know, from me texting you and sending you songs of the week that that's one of my favorite albums of the year. I was just blown away by the diversity of it. Um, you know, he's got alternative rock. He's got like hip hop. He's got melodic rap. He's got great songs um and so i just think it's an incredible work and he's just such a marketing genius he rivals kanye and his ability to create controversy and keep himself in the public eye but but what's your take on the category yeah um initially i had thought little nas x too and i could see donda happening this is a category that kanye has never won he was three times nominated um the first artist in history to, to be so for his first three albums, um, you know, college, reg, uh, college dropout, late registration and graduation, the, 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 the trio, if you will, never won. Um, a hip hop album has not won since 2004 with Outkast, um, Speaker Box, The Love Below, double album. And we've had some strong, some strong potentials too, right? We had to pimp a butterfly and damn, which had won the Pulitzer, right? Uh, yeah. So there, there's, yeah, I mean, we've, we, we've had some before and it hasn't happened. Um, I don't know that this is the one for Kanye. I mean, on one hand, you're right. Like it has absolutely, I don't think there's an album that's come out this year that has made more mass awareness noise than Kanye. I mean, with the pushbacks, with the stadium tour, you know, with the stadium previews, 
with what he and Kim are going through in the tabloids. Um, it is just an event scale album. But also, I didn't realize that on Tony Bennett. Um, and that album historically is, is, is the one that could win too, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't know if Tony Bennett's ever won album of the year. I would venture maybe not. I think he, um, I think he might have. He did a covers album a couple of years ago. I think okay. he got it for that. Uh, it's possible. He definitely got recognition. That I mean, that could feel that could feel good. And it's really who the Grammys decide their audience is. Are they trying to be new and edgy, and that would be Little Nas X, or are they trying to go, um, you know, uh, legacy, which would be which would be Tony and Gaga? I 100% agree with you on. Um, you know, Billie Eilish's album is not the one. Um, I don't think Taylor Swift's album is the one. And I've spoken to a lot of people that, you know, are fans of hers and she's wavered a little bit. I heard a lot of people be shocked that Justin Bieber would be considered for this. I think Doja Cat has some strong singles, but I don't think this is her category either. Um, her made a dope album. Um, and I feel that her gets lost in the sauce of, you know, 10 nominees in this. But I do think you're right. I think we're saying the same thing. It I would venture to bet I'm going to take Kanye off the table this time. It goes to um, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett or Little Nas X. Yeah, you know, if Kanye did win, um, you know, it's the point we said about Nas last year. And this this wouldn't, I think, necessarily be for Donda. You know, I think the three albums that were nominated um, before, um, you know, College Dropout, Late Registration and Graduation, were better albums. I think that uh, in terms of impact, 808s and Heartbreak and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy should have been nominated for Album of the Year. I think My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy should have gotten Album of the Year. I think it's the album of Kanye's career mm -hmm. and one of the most important ever, but 808 and Heartbreaks changed the sound of hip hop for the last like 12, 13 years. So that one, you know, you could say uh, has equal impact. He's got 75 nominations you know, in the past, which is just mind blowing 22 wins. So I could see this as being kind of a lifetime achievement award kind of album of the, which is what most album of the year awards tend to be. I could see that, but even that, you know, it's tough, man, when you're going against like, um, you know, darlings um, like Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. So, yeah. Um, so I think, I do think Kanye is probably, I think Lil Nas X, even though it's a better album, I think he's early in his career and Kanye would get the edge on him because of his achievements. You know, so I think it'll probably be between Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett and um, and Kanye. But we'll see. Um, you know, he, he wants it. He wants it more than than um, than most. So it'd be really interesting if he did win it. Yeah, I mean, if he were to win it, too, I, I, I tend to disagree. I think that he and Drake are headed to a true armistice and we won't see this. I see them working together again, making a massive record together. You know, we saw Drake and, and Meek Mill, um, you know, tie the olive branch and, you know, that, that it's Kanye's way. Um, but this would be a one up on Drake. If Drake is the biggest artist of, of his timeline and kind of took the torch from Ye for Ye to get an album of the year before Drake means something. Um, and, you know, he gets it before Jay-Z which you know jay arguably deserved it with blueprint arguably deserved it with black album um it's it's a statement and it brings kanye back into the conversation in a big way and i think that um donda is intended to represent that it's it's a feel-good dedication to his mother there's a lot of positive themes on the album 
Um, and Ye would very much, I think, feel as though he got a huge chip off of his shoulder in terms of status with a win like this. Yeah, you know, no one is talking about certified lover boy or any other, um, you know, for that matter, um, six months after it dropped or four, four, or four or five months after it dropped, whatever it's been. And people have been talking about Donna nonstop. And that is because of Kanye, you know, so we had the fits and starts of the release dates and the pump fakes with, okay, I'm going to do this big stadium release party. It's going to be a big spectacle. Album's coming out, then the album doesn't come out, right? And then he said, okay, I'm going to do it in two weeks. And same thing, you know, so he had that drink champs, um, you know, the feud with Drake. Um, now this reconciliation and the Larry Hoover um, event that's going to happen December 7th is going to keep it in people's minds during the actual voting period, the drink champs interview and how viral it went is going to do the same. Uh, and then uh, yesterday, he, or on Thanksgiving, he released his prayer, um, which is just five minutes uh, of visuals. He's not shown in it, but it's him confessing his biggest sins, and he is not holding back anything. He talks about his relationship with alcohol and how um, his drinking has led to him, like, you know, expressing his anger too quickly and, like, you know, really affected his relationships with family, especially Kim talks about his anger. He talks about his ego and how it is unchecked and it goes beyond just motivating him to like a place that's irrational. He talks about his um, mental illness episodes and how, you know, he has had manic moments and has done so in the past and, you know, gotten stabilized on meds, but not taking his meds. And it's led to more family problems. He talks about the wearing the red hat and the impact that, that had on the family and endangering you know, his, you know, his wife literally thinking it was endangering him and the family. He talks about his religion and how he wears that on his sleeve and in a way that is um, lording it over people, you know, pun intended. Um, you know, and he talks about spending money. He just goes on about such, um, such, you know, deep and candid things with just like unbridled honesty. It was wild. Did you did you check it out? Did you listen to it? No, I haven't yet, but I'm uh, I'm eager to peep it, and I'm going to right after this. Yeah, so. no, it is is it's mind blowing. Um, but again, it's just a testament of how Kanye is able to always stay at the top of the news cycle. You know, I've, I've said for a long time, there's no one better except for Donald Trump. You know, uh, yeah, him and Kim are like neck and neck too, but Kanye is like a master at it, and so I think that that's going to help him with this voting process. You know, I just looked at those three times he was up for it in the past and didn't win, you know, the first three. Um, he lost two times to legacy artists. Once was Ray Charles, which was the year he competed against um, with college dropout. And it's funny, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, Gold Digger and the, 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 the subtext there. And the other time he lost to U2, which I wouldn't put as a legacy artist, especially in the early or mid 2000s. Um, you know, they've been around a while, but. You know, it's not like Tony Bennett. And the other time was Herbie Hancock, which is to me that because Herbie's been around, you know, since the 50s making music and they wanted to give him his flowers. And if Ye loses to Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, there's something uh, there's something interesting there. If he feels that he's always getting the snub for the feel good winner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So. We're coming to the end of November and um, unbeknownst to me, you dropped this in, but November was national hip hop month. 
Now, did you hear anything about this beyond the story that you read about it? That was there anything in recognition of, of uh, National Hip Hop Month? <laughs> Not at the political level. You know, shout out to DJ Premier, who's been posting hip hop factoids on his IG all month and, and rock the bells. You know, um, our homies over there have been doing, you know, nuggets of history. But from, you know, I haven't heard Joe Biden say anything. You know, I haven't heard Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi or, or any other members of Congress come forward. Have you? No, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, you know, I'm glad that those outlets on IG did, but it makes me wonder, what does it even mean to be National Hip Hop Month? Um, you know, we have Black Music Month in June, um, uh, and that is celebrated a little bit. You know, it's mostly corporate sponsors, like, you know, getting behind it. I don't see a ton of, like, media coverage and stuff like that. But what do you think should be done for National Hip Hop Month? How should it be celebrated? You know, I'd like to see more of, of on a grander scale of what we've seen. You know, I thought it was really dope when Q-Tip curated the Kennedy Center and they were having all of those amazing concerts there from like Grandmaster Kaz and, you know, Pharaoh Munch and Jay Period. And, you know, a lot of people that we cover on the daily, you know, were going down and rocking that. Um, I'd like to see more of that sort of recognition, maybe something on, you know, PBS or NPR. But we've got to find a way to take hip hop and its proper history, um, not its, not its, not its, uh, you know, artificial sweetener history and give it to the world using federal programs and dollars. That's just my opinion. And, and maybe that's not specific enough. But what about you? I think, I think, well, it all comes from media coverage, but I think there have to be events that garner that coverage. And so I think it could be a couple of things. One, there should be documentaries kind of capturing the culture. But then two, and I just thought of this, there should be festivals. Um, and I think it would be cool to do a festival every weekend for four weeks, uh, capturing the four different decades of hip hop, um, mm -hmm. you know, for a foreign change, you know. So, you know, really celebrating the, the older artists and, you know, getting some money in their pockets, but, you know, showing that like uh, what that really means. And then also, um, you know, and then going to the 90s and the, the O's and, and, and then current. I think something like that could have real impact, you know, having it in different cities, you know, maybe the first is in New York, then you have LA and then you have like Detroit or, or Chicago, and then you end up in Atlanta, you know, something like that, I think could be really cool to showcase the diversity of hip hop in terms of eras, but also um, geographies and genres. I like that a lot. And also, I mean, you know, the clear thing is we got to make it about the four elements, you know, you got to use this opportunity to show love to the graph writers and the breakers as well as, you know, MCs and DJs, um, you know, Philly right now has some amazing graffiti going on. And I'd love to see that celebrated. You know, um, a lot of cities have created programs to hire graph writers um, or use choreographers, you know, like do that with federal dollars since we're spending it on everything else. And absolutely, I think you're right that the, the traveling show that celebrates the history, um, the regional styles across those elements, but also, you know, all four parts of it. Because if it's hip hop, it's got to be hip hop. And I know we spend most of our time talking about the music, but the other elements are things that got us here and kept us here. Yeah. And there could be a cool like March on Washington, you know, like get behind a cause and have that, you know, have a big day celebrating that with speeches, but talking about, you know, the impact that hip hop has had on the world and having everyone from like a killer Mike and a bun B to an Obama who very much acknowledged like the impact that it had in his presidency, like really make it something that is, you know, embracing of, of the, the cultural movement that hip hop has been for the last 50 years.
Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I mean, we do it every day, and and shout out to those that do, and people making uh, making the history out there properly told, and giving our heroes their flowers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, before we close, I think we got to acknowledge one of the bigger tragedies we've had in a while. You know, death is is always um, is terrible, um, and we've had a lot of deaths over the last several months, uh, most of them being due to health issues, you know? Um, And so that's terrible. It it also is like really kind of hits home though when it's violence. And fortunately we've had a a slowing of violent hip hop deaths. I mean, that's what we, the only deaths we experienced early in hip hop's trajectory was from violence because with the exception of Eazy-E, um, because the artists were so young, so you weren't getting those health-related deaths. But now as hip-hop becomes middle-aged, and the artists are too, you're seeing more health things. But we lost young Dolph um, a little over a week ago. And I know that that um, personally hit you very hard because of your connection with his label. But you want, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I can't stand on here in front like I've been a Young Dolph music fan for a number of years. Actually, you and I think, you know, we, we do this a lot. There's a lot of music that we talk about in this podcast and on the site. But there's more than that, too. And, and you really made me appreciate his artistic merits over the last three or four years. But, um, yeah, I had I had done some press materials uh, creating bios for the entire PRE roster, not Dolph. I never met Dolph, but I deal with his partners and on all of those artists. And um, I work very closely with a lot of people um, in the business that were very close with Dolph. And this one, this one stung. Um, I was in, you know, he was, uh, he was shot in Makeda's Cookies, which has two locations in Memphis. And on Martin Luther King Jr. Day this year, I happened to be in Memphis. And I, my girlfriend and I supported the other location of that, which is just steps away from the Lorraine uh, Hotel. And to find out that Dolph was there buying cookies for a charity event um, where he was gunned down was, was startling. Um, Dolph is very close in age to me. You know, him and Nipsey were both guys in their 30s, not guys in their 20s or their teens that were killed. Um, it just, it's just sickening and sad. And um, yeah, it, it definitely put a really, really heavy cloud um, on a year that's already been pretty rough for the hip hop community. Um, but I I hope that, you know, we talk about the Grammys. I hope that the Grammys give somebody like Dolph, along with all the other hip hop artists we've lost this year, their flowers. Because this was an artist who was gold and platinum certified, created an opportunity. Most of the artists on PRE are from Memphis. Um, you know, Key Glock probably being the biggest, um, but there's a whole lot of talent there. And he really went and found people with his um, same upbringing, same environment, same circumstances and, and put them in a positive light. And just like Nipsey, it is so sad to see this be the end of the story. Yeah, I think that's what hit me the hardest is seeing these young black entrepreneurs who are building empires outside of hip hop you know, real estate and, you know, really bringing in uh, economic uh, empowerment to the neighborhoods where they grew up. You know, there's a lot of talk about buying back the block, but very few artists were attempting to do that. He and Nipsey both were doing that on a pretty large scale. And it just reminds me of what Kanye was saying um, in his Drink Champs interview about how, and this was 
with respect to incarceration, how we're taking an entire generation of leaders off the streets, you know, um, you know, and that goes for their own families, but as an example for others to follow in, in building that kind of wealth. And it's, it's just really, really tough, man. And um, I know he had had violent encounters in the past, you know, and that was a part of what he was trying to escape, you know, um, same, same thing with Nipsey, you know, so it just really saddens me when they're not able to fully break that cycle, you know, and that we're still killing each other, despite the things that, you know, that these people represent to the communities mm-hmm. is a tough thing. You know, uh, I was turned on the dock by Charlemagne, you know, Charlemagne back when he and Budden would do those urine lists and stuff like that would always mention young Dolph on the show and things like that. So I started listening to him and I heard a lot of similarities to, to Nip. You know, he was kind of like the East Coast Southern version of Nip. And uh, yeah, man, really, really tough, really tough. And, and you know, I've seen West Side Gun say that, you know, he was, Dolph was his favorite rapper of the moment. And Vinny Paz from Jedi Mind Tricks said, this is my favorite rapper from the South, you know, of this generation. So even though Dolphin, we, you had put him on the playlist a few times and we covered him in passing on AFH, um, you know, very, very legitimate artist. And yeah, RIP, big time. And I, I really feel what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, any new music come out for you? You know, I would direct anyone on the new music topic to our playlist. Um, you've done a really good job. You mentioned the, the Stolly and Apollo Brown album, which is in heavy rotation for me right now. Mellow Music Group has had an amazing year with Sky Zoo, Joel, that, you know, shout out to LaRange, shout out to, um, you know, they just put out, uh, I believe, Homeboy Sandman too, but you cherry picked some really good songs on there. You also went to the Snoop Dogg compilation for Def Jam the algorithm and you grabbed what I think is the dopest moment on it, which is the first song by uh, red man and method man produced by battle cat. And that is on our playlist. And then also um, there's a joint called black Illuminati by Freddie Gibbs and, and Jada kiss. Um, and these guys had worked together before early on in Gibbs's run, but um, really dope song. And it's, it's supposed to be from what I've read, what I've heard grumblings of, the first single to gives his next album, which is on Warner Brothers. So he's bouncing around labels uh, too. Oh, wow. That would be dope. That would be dope. Uh, he's done great collaboration projects to, to your point before with Alchemist and, and Mad Lib. So I'm wondering if he would do another one uh, or just a solo joint, but he's, he's been on a, he's been on a, a, a spree lately, man. Really dope. Absolutely. Any um, outside of that, you know, and I, I told you yesterday, our playlist is just dope as we're gearing up for the AFH year end where we're going to talk about, you know, as we did last year, some of our favorites, but any other highlights from the week that you would want to talk about? Yeah, no, just the, the Sally and Apollo Brown women has been the one uh, that's really been for me. I know French Montana, Montana dropped something. I haven't listened to his album yet. Haven't listened to Adele, but I plan to dig into that. I watched the Oprah special, which is pretty dope. The Will Smith Oprah interview was great. Also. Mm. Um, I think we talked about six silk Sonic last time. And I haven't even looked today, man. I got to, it's new music. Uh, I, I got to check out the new music for the week, but, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been a great strong four quarter. Yeah. I was just crime apple out of Jersey, uh, put out a new album and he's done a lot of things with mugs and, and drew gets some different people. I was playing his album right before we spoke, but um, yeah, man, do you have a song of the week? I do. My song of the week is smells like teen spirit by Nirvana, you know, at the Chappelle show, DJ trauma played, 
a lot of stuff. And I find this a lot. Hip hop uh, DJs will drop in, you know, smells like teen spirit. I've heard uh, ninth wonder do it. It's got those heavy drums and it's got like a hip hop attitude, you know, uh, and it just sounded great. And they just had their 30th anniversary. They did a, a re release of a deluxe version with like live uh, versions remastered and stuff like that. So that one just hit me in a different way this time. That one was on Nevermind, was it? Yeah. Okay. First song, yeah. First song, Nevermind. I uh, I had the NQV unplugged tape and I used to trade with my cousin. He had Nevermind. Um, so it's an ignorant question to ask. But yeah, I um, that was always my jam. That and Come As You Are. But uh, my song, uh, you know, I played Master Aces a long, hot summer this week. And, uh, you know, we included disposable arts in our GOAT, Finding the GOAT album competition. We give Master Ace a ton of flowers and he deserves even more from hip hop. But I, there's a joint on Long Hot Summer that kind of escaped me. And I played it called The Grind featuring Apocalypse. And I played it this week. And it's just, you know, Ace has so many joints. But um, that one, uh, you know, as uh, we're both out here grinding and making it happen, that one really resonated. Dope. That's dope, man. Produced by Crisis, who has one of the year's better albums, too. So bring it full circle. 100%. Well, I look forward to us chopping up, chopping it up with our list. And, you know, always a pleasure, man. Yeah, man. Next time I'm going to get more light. We're dealing with some technical difficulties today. I'm in the shadows like I'm the villain in, what was it, Police Academy <laughs> 5 or something? <laughs> no. You know, like, but uh, all right, man, until we do it again. All right, man. Peace. All right, man. Peace.